0: Welcome to the Book Basement Podcast, where I, Santi, talk about books five times a week. On Mondays, you can expect a longer interview, book review, or other book-related content. The rest of the weekdays, I share a book quote I found interesting and break down its meaning. Join me as we learn more about books, their meanings, and get some amazing reading recommendations along the way. Let's get right into today's episode. Hello, I hope you're having a lovely day today. This is a Monday episode of the Book Basement Podcast. Today, I'm going to be doing uh, the first of a series of episodes that I'm going to do at the end of each month called the Monthly Roundup. On these episodes, I'll be talking about the books as well as the other things I enjoyed of this month, sort of like pieces of media and other interesting things I found. And on uh, today's month, I read five books. I don't know why that took me so long to say I read Make Your Bed, Little Things That Can Change Your Life and Maybe the World by William H. McRaven. I'm sure you've heard me talk about this book a lot. There were a lot of uh, quote episodes derived from it. Uh, I also read What the Dog Saw and Other Adventures by Malcolm Gladwell. Beach Read by Emily Henry, A Man Called Ovi by Frederick Backman. And I literally just finished reading How to, read, How to Listen with Intention, The Foundation of True Connection, Communication and Relationships by Patrick. King. All of these books were good. I don't think I had a book this month that I found uh, horrible. <laughs> I like all of these to some extent, and I feel like the lowest I gave one of these books on Goodreads was a three stars. I am 28 out of 50 books out of my reading goal for this year, which I think is pretty good. I'm currently on track to hit the goal, and I want to surpass it. I want to hit more than uh 50 books and i think i'll be able to do that so i want to start by going backwards i want to start with the book that i just finished reading how to listen with intention this is a book by patrick king who's a conversation coach he has he does consulting and he's been on a bunch of talk shows he's like he knows what he's doing basically and in his book how to listen with intention he takes away Um, And he describes to us what listening should be because many of us have a very misconstrued understanding of what listening is. And he basically, he explains to us that we shouldn't um, have ego involved in conversation and that ego is the worst thing when talking to someone else. And that conversational narcissists, as he likes to call them, should be not the kind of person you want to be. And he gives a bunch of different advice, uh, such as listening frames, types of listening, uh, how to be, how the, the differences between overt and covert conversation, uh, validation, which is really important. He gives you many examples, which I feel like the examples help illustrate. If you don't understand like abstract concepts, you can see them illustrated through his examples. He gives really good examples on the different kinds of listening, the good and the bad types. And the book opens with a dialogue between a pretend therapist and a pretend um, client and how the therapist completely messed up the, the conversation. So you immediately see what is wrong and immediately as soon as you read the first page of the book, you get some actionable advice. This book is relatively short and it has really big font. But it still took me um, like five days to read because it's just uh, full of a lot of information. What I didn't necessarily like about this book was that it um, had a lot of uh, filler and repeated information. I feel like the book could have easily been 100 pages instead of like 200 if the contents had just been summarized a little more. But I understand that you need to repeat some uh, key ideas over and over so that the reader understands them and internalizes them better. But yeah, this is a really good book if you want to better listen, if you feel like you're not a really good listener or you find yourself interrupting people all the time and we need to, most of us aren't great listeners and I feel like um, this is a book that practically all of us should um, read or at least look into the art of listening because it is very important and it, as the book title says, it is the foundation of communication and relationships if you're not a good listener, chances are you're not going to be able to connect uh, on a deeper level with the people that that are important to you in life. So read this book. I liked it. It was good. It had a lot of really interesting information, and I've already started to see how it has changed the way I approach conversation. It give it gives you a lot of useful tools that you can apply to your day to day life when it comes to conversation, and it'll just make you a little bit of a better listener and it'll show you how to stay out of really bad conversation and how to be there for the people in your life in a way that makes them feel validated and feel heard, which is something many people don't get from conversation because again, they don't know how to listen. How to listen with attention, Patrick King, really good book. Now next we have A Man Called Ovi by Frederick Backman. This is I don't even know how to describe this book. It is really amazing. It combines uh, comedy with with horror. I was gonna say horror. It combines comedy. It combines comedy with tragedy and laughter. I don't think I've ever laughed and cried so much at a single book. Um, but this completely messed me up and made me incredibly happy. I was constantly taking photos and sending them to my girlfriend because they, it, it, there were so many sweet moments. ...in this book. Uh, I loved it. It was really good. Um, the translation is really good. You can't even tell it's a translation only when um, the author or the book starts talking about Sweden. It is only then that you realize that the book isn't actually from an uh, English-speaking country... ...and it is from Sweden. And of course, the currency. They do use the Swedish kroner, which is a distinguishing marker. But... Yeah, it was a really good book. It combines different elements of sadness, happiness, and you become really attached to the characters in this book and you become to love them as if they were real people. And I just feel like it was really, a really impactful book. And it showed me what good writing is and how writing can make you feel emotions. And I feel like many books don't do that. And it's kind of a lost art because. From the books I have read, I felt happiness and I felt, um, I don't know, inspiration, I guess. But Frederick Backman really knows how to get the reader to feel emotion, if that makes sense. He really knows how to convey how he wants the person to feel. And you start the book not really caring much for the main character because he's kind of a jerk. He... Seems awfully strict with his rules and his routines and he doesn't seem very flexible. He's like the most inflexible person ever. But as the story progresses, you become more attached and you start to love Ovi more and start recognizing that the reason he acts this way is because tragic things have happened in his life and the stories that um, have led him where he is today are incredibly happy and sad at the same time. You get to learn about Ovi's past, about his wife, and what happened to her. Uh, you you really, it really grabs your heart, I guess is a way to say it. And yeah, Frederick Backman is an incredible author. Henning Koch, the translator, is also really good. As I said before, you can't really tell it's a translation. It's that good. And if you want a story that will just involve you as if it were a movie and make you feel as if you were there, experiencing it, <laughs> as if you were a fly on the wall while these events were happening to Ovi and the people around him. And if you want a charming read that you can um read in the afternoons on a sunny or cold day, that's the thing about this book. It doesn't really have a mood. You can read it whenever and you'll still get the impact of it. It's a really good book. I recommend it. As always, all these books will be in the description below. I gave this book five stars as it was really good i really loved it and i don't think i gave the rating to how to listen with intention that i give that book three stars and next we have beach read by emily henry now this is a romance book uh i don't really read much romance anymore i i feel like the only romance book i've read is the Rosie project Betrayed, and I think there's a couple more I'm forgetting, but it, it's it's a very limited selection that I have when it comes to romance titles. But Betrayed, for everything it was worth, was really good. It was about two writers, and how their they have such a sharp contrast in the material that they write. One of them is a like um literary fiction author, and the other is like a bubbly romance <laughs> author, and so you can see the contrast right there. And the main character has a really interesting name. Her name is January Andrews, I think. And I, as I was reading the book, like towards the end, they mentioned that her birthday was on January 13th. And that was just insane because that's when my birthday is too. And that was, that, was, that, was, that was surprising. And I think that may have attributed a little to the four-star rating I gave this book as it was really good. Um, The sharp contrast between the characters is really what brings them together as they start to accept each other and the different styles of writing and how they're different. The book also has a tragic undertone to it as we learn more about January and her family as well as um, Gus and what led him to have such a somber writing style. As you start understanding the lives and the backstories of these characters, you Start seeing how and why they write the way they do and what the content they do and why the writing that they write, (laughs) why the writing they create is the way it is. And as the book progresses, you just start getting more and more involved in the story of their parents, the story of the parents of January specifically, and how they tie in with the book. As January lost her father at a really early age, well not a really early age, she lost her father when he when she thought that her mom was the one that was going to pass, and her dad has this dark and like um mysterious um undertone to him as he passes and leaves january with a with a beach house that was uh that w- which was the house that he and his mistress lived in so yeah, there's some family drama there there's elements of mystery there's elements of romance there's elements of uh coming of age there's all sorts of themes and styles in this book and i think you'll really love the characters specifically and more importantly the banter between them they know how to make characters have chemistry and it's not only that there's only um there's also uh like mysterious undertones as i mentioned there's the whole plot there's the whole there's a whole cult subplot so if you're interested in cults and how they tie into romance somehow, I recommend this book. Uh, Henry does an amazing job overall, and her performance is really commendable with this book. I had never read an Emily Henry book before, but now I'm definitely inclined to read more of her work, as this was a really interesting book to read, as it just completely captivated me into its story and the characters and their backstories and their lives and their day-to-day differences. And yeah, it's also a really charming book, and you can read this whenever you want, but I feel like uh, I read it on mostly on the the California heat, which was, it added more, um, it, was, it was more characteristic to the book to read it on a sunny day, but maybe that's just me, you can read this book whenever the hell you want, but uh, maybe try doing it on a sunny day, it's better, I, at least I think it's better on a sunny day, I don't know if it really is better on a sunny day. Ah, uh, but yeah, really good book as well. Uh, I give this a four-star rating, as I mentioned, and yeah, I feel like the main plot is completely—it's gonna completely hook you. Um, this is not a spoiler, but uh, the main plot is that um, Gus Everett, the literary fiction writer, swaps um writing styles with January. So January has to write. They make a bet where January has to write a literary fiction novel and Gus has to write a romance novel. So you see the characters go out of their comfort zone for each other, and since they live in close proximity, they have all these cute rituals that they do with each other to inspire them to read. The tension in this book is very real, and you can see why characters feel the way they do, and it isn't like many books and movies where it's just completely unnecessary to have any drama, but they feel like it's necessary anyway, so they just sprinkle in um unrealistic conflict that wouldn't make sense in a real world scenario in this book you do understand why the characters feel the way they do and you feel uh you feel for them you really get to understand their emotions and why they are the way they are why they write how they do and that's b tree for you the next book was such an amazing one it is what the dog saw in other adventures by malcolm gladwell now Wow, this book is incredible. I gave this book five stars as well as A Man Called Ovi because it was incredible. It is not, um, it's a collection of articles from Malcolm Gladwell. Since he's uh, he's a writer for The New Yorker, Malcolm Gladwell has a bunch of different pieces. He's the author of uh, another book I read and another book that I will read soon. He's probably become one of my favorite nonfiction authors, if not my favorite nonfiction authors, after reading some of his work. He's really into psychology and what makes people do what they do. In this book, you learn about FBI profilers, how people train dogs effectively, and the variety pack of different articles that you're going to get with this book is what makes it incredibly interesting. You learn about human psychology. You learn about radiology, What, um, why the birth control pill is the way it is, what inspired uh a salesman to make his own company and sell his own products, Gladwell has a really good way of making you uh, follow along the story and really understand the characters, their motives, as they are real people, and he does a really good job at conveying these people's emotions, how they feel, and he's good at telling a story. He's good at taking you, he kind of holds your hand and takes you through all these moments, and you don't know how the story's gonna end. Uh, his topics vary from the, I don't know, the, the second article was about why there's only one kind of ketchup and multiple kinds of mustard. And you learn so many interesting like trivia facts as you go along. You learn the science behind cold reading. You learn about a dog trainer that that's, looks like he defined the art, the, the laws of psychology, and you really are put in their shoes as he tells the story. You are made, you you learn. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe this book. I, I like it so much. But it's a really amazing combination of nonfiction and storytelling. If you want to learn how to write a good article and how to write a good story, then Malcolm Gladwell is who you need to look for because, wow, he is so good at writing and conveying stories. I feel like my favorite article from this book um was probably the one on FBI profiling. I read this one at the airport and it is about how FBI profilers work. If you don't know what an FBI profiler is, it's a person that when given when given details of a crime, they try and come up with an image of what the crime committer looks like basically. If you went to an FBI profiler and told them the details of a crime, say someone was murdered, the killer stabbed them 84 times and left them on their bed. An FBI profiler might come up with details derived from that story to better, um, to give the police something to look for. He gives the case of a famous FBI profiler that gave the details and he was accurate. So basically he told them his height, he told them what he would be wearing, he told them... The build of the man, all based off of the um, details they gave to him. And you think the story's going to go one direction, but then it completely flips it on its head and does something completely that you wouldn't think would come from the story. He takes you one direction then completely derails you to another direction. And, well, it's, it's, it's just completely hooking. I love this book and most of the things Malcolm Gladwell comes out with. I also read his book, The Tipping Point, in an earlier month, I think it was like two or three months ago. If you're looking for good nonfiction content, I highly recommend What the Dog Saw by Malcolm Gladwell. You'll learn what good nonfiction is. You'll learn what makes a good story. You'll learn how to convey points of social issues and tell them through the lens of change while also incorporating aspects of realism. And you'll Come to understand the different theoretical aspects that make up life, the theories, the abstract thoughts that we need to know in order to solve the problems that are facing us. He talks about homelessness, how it can be solved. He talks about risk homeostasis, how when uh, the challenger exploded, it really couldn't have been a problem that could have been seen with foresight. And all these different combinations of theories, abstract um, concepts, tie into the bigger picture of non-fiction, which is that we don't really know much. We can guess sometimes that things might go one direction, but then things go com- in a completely other, in a completely different situation. And Gladwell does an am- amazing job. He is incredible at what he does. Uh... Make sure to read some of his work in the New Yorker. It is great. I love it. Uh, I re- I recommend his, if you do read this book, I recommend the article on FBI profiling. I also liked his article on risk homeostasis um, his, and his article on homelessness, as well as his other article on, uh, I don't remember what it was, but it had to relate with options trading and how those cancel each other out. And yeah. This book is going to inspire you to learn so much about these different concepts mentioned throughout the articles. So if you're into um, nonfiction, check out this book. The first book I read this month and the last one I'm going to be talking about today is Make Your Bed by William H. McRaven. I don't really have much to say about this book because I already, already talked about it in uh, like five different episodes. And basically, the story of this book is that William H. McRaven is a Navy SEAL, and he takes us through his life as he does his SEAL training. He derives different stories from his experience there, from the time he had to carry his canoe, from the time he was punished with the sugar cookie punishment, which is an incredibly funny name for a really annoying uh, punishment that the SEALs have to face. But it is such an amazing book, and... It really shows you how tough it is to be a Navy SEAL, first of all, but that you can derive meaningful learning experiences from all sorts of different situations. As McRaven does in his book, he gives you a literal physical example of how uh, an occurrence of his Navy SEAL training translates into an abstract abstract, uh, lesson, like make friends or inspire hope in other people. These abstract concepts are tied into real-world examples that he faced, so you can see the concept applied to life as it, as it is in the book. So if you're looking for a little inspirational read, uh, check this one out. It is really short. It is uh, like 180 pages long. You'll learn a lot about the ins and outs of SEAL uh, training. This and How to Listen with Intention are really short nonfiction books. How the Dog Saw is like 400 pages, so if you're into shorter <laughs> reads, then check out make your bed and how to listen with intention. So those are all the books I read this um this month. I'm looking forward to next month because I have a bunch of other books I want to read. I'm also currently reading 7 Days in June by Tia Williams. It's a non-fiction book about a writer, <laughs> a very specific type of writer, may I add. And it is a book about learning to differentiate style and how sometimes you're faced with the situation of writing what you love versus writing what makes money, and it's a very interesting dynamic. I'm not fully done with the book, so I'm not going to talk about it fully, and I'm recording this episode a couple days in advance, so I have to so I have time to schedule the whole episode and edit it and do everything with it. And yeah, if you're looking for other non-book-related content to read, uh, this month I've subscribed to a bunch of different email newsletters. That are really good. So, I'm going to give you three of my favorite email newsletters that you can read, as well as a little digest from them. So, the first newsletter that I would recommend and one I've done uh, different book episodes on is the Jordan Peterson newsletter. If you're interested in philosophy, meaning of life, how to find what your true meaning is, how to find yourself, and then look no further than Mondays of Meaning. It's a really short and really thought-provoking newsletter in which Peterson gives you a main thought as well as three sub-thoughts that you can think about. They're much shorter, but they're little quotes that you can think about throughout the week. I also recommend The Published Press if you're interested in the creator economy as in YouTube, podcasting, blogging. The Published Press is a newsletter by Colin and Samir, the YouTubers, and it talks about creators. Uh, the economics behind creators, how to become a creator, and it gives you different stories each week based off of the creators you know and love. This week, uh, one of the stories they gave was about a a small YouTuber, well he's not small, he, like, he has like 500,000 subscribers, they shared an essay he wrote on how YouTube and um, social media is becoming uh, akin to platforms such as Netflix and their high budget films, and how since low-budget content like the series on YouTube that do really well compare statistically to the other shows like Netflix, um, how creators can build a Netflix-like following with a much smaller budget, and it talks about how the future of entertainment might just be YouTube instead of Hollywood. And lastly, I recommend... Um, huh, I can't think... I really like the Austin Kleon newsletter. Austin Kleon is the author of three books that that I've read. Um, Steal Like an Artist, uh, Show Your Work, and Keep Going. A trilogy of books. And his newsletter covers 10 different pieces of media that he enjoyed in a given week. It's much like my uh, (laughs) newsletter, just that instead of giving... Uh, the difference is that my newsletter has three long-form topics, while his has ten uh, shorter description, so- shorter description of the pieces of media that he found interesting. So if you're looking to f- find little things here and there that you can learn about and little pieces of media that you might be interested in, then I recommend Austin Kleon's newsletter. <laughs> Other than that, it's been a nice month. I've gotten to relax and uh, see how running a podcast is it's been really fun uh, the podcast is doing pretty well i am trying to get it into me that I don't really care about numbers and <laughs> it's doing really well and I don't know i'm it's like a game where I'm trying to convince myself that I don't really care about the numbers and i I know that it's going that is uh that this is a long form project that I'm gonna be working on, but yeah, <laughs> that's my psychology right now. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're listening to this on Monday, then that means today, the, ah, let me think. I think it's going to be the ninth edition of the Book Basement Bulletin is out right now. So you can subscribe to it by going to the thebookbasement.substack.com, or you can just look at it by um, opening your email if you're subscribed. I recommend that you subscribe. I really like writing this newsletter. And I'm thinking about adding a different se- uh another section where it's three bite-sized pieces of information or media, rather than the more thoroughly explained ones that I do. Uh, it would—it's going it to be a separate section. Of course, it's not. I'm not going to take away from the work that I already write. Anyways, this was a very long ramble of an episode. It's going to be a pain in the ass to edit it, but I hope you enjoyed my ramblings. I hope you. Read at least one of the books or subscribe to one of the newsletters that I talked about today. They are all extremely good. I recommend each and every one of them. I did not read a single bad book this uh, month. And I'm really looking forward to reading um next month. As I have a bunch of books I bought on my trip to the US. And I'm looking forward to reading all of them. You can probably see that I'm losing my voice right now. <laughs> because I talked a lot. But yeah, I hope you have a lovely day. Enjoy it and pick up a book, they're fun to read. Thank you for dedicating your time and listening to this episode. Remember, we also have a weekly newsletter, the Book Basement Bulletin. Sign up by going to the link in the show notes or by visiting the thebookbasement.substack.com. Also, in the show notes, a link to purchase the book I talked about in this episode. Be sure to leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, as it helps us immensely. Finally, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Pod, That is book Basement pod Once again, thank you for stopping by, and I.